you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 166 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K. Let's dig into it. A dark week, frankly, for the NFL, but it's sunny here in Studio 66 because we are joined not only by my favorite Englishman of all time, save possibly Roger Moore version of James Bond. Hello, handsome Hank. How are you? I'm very well indeed, but let's move on from me. I'm not important today. Of course. No, indeed. No, no one thinks, no one's suggesting as much. But let's say hello now to the main man seated directly across from us here. He's the superstar running back of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't mind saying, because listen, let me just tell you something before before I introduce you. Just understand, no jive. That's the only rule here in 66. Okay. No jive. And I'm not going to jive <laughs> you, and this isn't to try and curry favor with you. You should have been much higher on the top 100 <laughs> list this year. It's Jamal Charles. What's the poop, fella? <laughs> What's up going on? I'm glad to be here in the studio today with y'all. It's a pleasure, and it's made all the more pleasurable by your fancy getup. You're very sort of summery looking today. Uh, what is it? It's like a peach tie and matching peach pants. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I'm, I'm basically, I love clothes, and I like styling. So, I really, I dressed myself. I went to the store and really put this thing together myself. It's quite sharp. I don't Similar to me. That's that's what I did as well. To <laughs> yeah. Fashion Maven, Handsome Hank. Finally a chance to put your head together with Jamal Charles. <laughs> Anytime y'all need me to style y'all, just call me up. I got you. Ah, you beat me to the pot. That's what I need. Look, at, I mean, I, I need some help here. But you know what? People around the NFL. You know what? Let's talk uniforms. Okay. because Because coming up on July 1st, next Monday, the launch of on NFL.com, the uniform bracket. 64 uniforms, the 32 current uniforms, plus my favorite throwback uniform for all the 32 teams. Let's get right into the. Let's start with the hot button issue. What is the best uniform? Let's get some uh, some uh, thoughts here. Let's see the best uniforms. Uh, well, the best uniforms last year had to be uh, uh, the Seahawks. You th- oh, ah, no, 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 no. Please, please a buzzer, Black Tie. We're off to a bad start. <laughs> you you can't announce yourself to be you can't announce yourself to be a fashion maven and then immediately say that nah, the se- those aren't bad. They're not bad, yeah. but they're not great. So who you say was the, uh, had the best outfit? Like, can I tell you what? I think the Chiefs are pretty nice. I think the Chiefs are I underrated. Like the Chiefs. Mm, nah, we don't have the best uh, uniforms. I'm t- I mean. Back in, uh, I don't know. We we don't. I can't. Agree what about that. the pants? Do you like when they're red or do you like when they're white with the white jersey? I like when they're white, all white. Because that reminds you of Texas. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I knew it. Bust I knew the horn it. on that. <laughs> Let me say this to you. I think the Niners. I think the Raiders. I think the people in the Bay Area get to to look at two of the best uniforms, maybe the two best. I like the Redskins with those gold pants too. 
the red skin, yeah, I mean, I like Baltimore because they, they wear all black and, like, people all in the all black, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, when they wear all black, and they purple, too. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the Raiders, the Raiders do, like, it's the same with the Raiders. They have black and gray. Like, you don't see that. I mean, they just, they've been doing that tradition, and, and they still wear the same the same uniform. And uh, Yeah, I like when they don't, when, I like those teams that generally don't, change the uniform around. That's why I like the Chiefs, too. They've worn the yeah. exact same getup since the first Super Bowl. Yeah, what you think about uh, Tampa Bay? Well... Old school uniform. Old school Tampa. I feel <laughs> like we enjoy... I think we... This is one of those things. You talk about when people talk about the olden days and how they were better. That this That's what those creamsicle uniforms are. They, they're just people pining for something just because it's not around anymore. When they were still wearing them, nobody liked them. Everybody yeah. made fun of them. Now, all of a sudden, everybody misses them so much. <laughs> Same with the old Patriots one, actually. They, people, no, those uh, are awesome. They are yeah. awesome, but at the time, they yeah. moved on from them because people didn't like them so yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think people are going to feel the same way about the new Dolphins ones. I think the new Dolphins ones are great, and I don't think anyone's going to be going. Eventually, they're not going to be going. I wish, I wish they were wearing Did you see those, those old Jamal. Ones. No, I have seen those. Yeah, you'll get a look. You're going to like them. Like All it. right, let's talk top mm-hmm. 100 here, Jamal, and let's start with you. I have been saying I'm on the uh, I've been on the reaction show for the last uh, couple months now, and I have said this time and again. Jamal Charles, the only thing that went wrong for him was he came back from that knee injury in the same season Adrian Peterson had his. Are you a little – I mean, is there any part of you that's kind of like, hey, what about me, everybody? I know he went for 2K, but look, I, I'm, a, I'm no slouch either. Nah, nah, man. You know, everything happened for a reason. Uh, AP, he came back strong and he, he outstood me, you know what I'm saying? He beat me to the point, so – but also, I made history, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I broke Jim Brown record, so I was still proud of myself. What I what I had accomplished as well, I don't knock AP for nothing. He deserved all the accomplishments he's been getting, MVP, uh, coming back from uh, knee surgery, uh, just like me. And he came back. You know what I'm saying? I give him real props because he came. He got hurt late in the season. Yeah, true. And, and I got hurt early. And he came back. I was leading the lead in rushing one time, like mm-hmm. five weeks and all of a sudden, I just saw seeing my carries going to crease, and I just saw seeing AP just exploding. Mm-hmm. And I had to just give my props off to that because I I, w- I wish that no knee new knee surgery on nut, nobody. That's the worst thing anybody can go through. Hmm. Well, what about that? Your injury seems like one of the weirdest, flukiest ones I've ever seen. You stepped, if I'm not mistaken, you stepped on the first down marker, the the plastic orange thing that's on the field. What yeah. gives with that? Did they outlaw that? By the way, <laughs> after after that, that should be the. I mean, it should never have happened. And yeah. now that it happened to you, that should they should outlaw it, right? Man, that's what I thought. I mean, highlighted a spray paint somewhere. Like yeah, <laughs> but. No, it really hurt me when I found out I really hurt my knee stepping on that thing because it didn't slide. Mm-hmm. It, when I landed on it, it stayed there. And I guess when that's when my leg just gave because I thought it was going to, at least it would have slid, my leg would have slid with it. But it just stayed in the ground, my stuck in the air. Since that, I always think about that first down marker, and I try to avoid it when I go out of bounds. Yeah, now <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be the opposite of so many running backs who try to preserve themselves by stepping out of bounds. You're never gonna go near the out of bounds uh, markers again, huh? I try not to go out of bounds. But, <laughs> I mean, that's that's my uh, thing. I do not like getting hit. If, it's, if you got to get down, I go out of bounds. You got to do what you got to do. Hey, Ryan Clark, you know you're obviously not the biggest uh, running back in the NFL or anything, and uh, but I was talking. 
to Ryan Clark of the Steelers, and he was saying that you are a handful. You were the only guy last year who any defense really needed to game plan for um, in Kansas City, and yet, you, and, and he said the thing that, uh, of course, you're fast and everything else. But he said you're a load that you're you're willing to go between the tackles. Is that something that you pride yourself on? Then oh, yeah. being a guy who's not necessarily built like Jim Brown. Oh yeah, I mean. People misjudge me so much because all they think about is speed. They don't know my uh, abilities. I can go between the holes. They don't know how big. It's not how big you, the person is, how big your heart is. And and my heart and the inside is big than what I really am. And I go out there and I, I try to play like a big back sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm not a big back, but I go out there and let you know I could be an every down back. If you, you stand in front of me, I'm going to bring the pain to you. Like you trying to bring, the, I'm gonna bring. All right, the settle down. Don't give me that look when you say it. That <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to tackle you or anything. <laughs> the NFL game is not played in Studio Six. All right, stay out of this, All Steve right, Smith. Let, now listen, I feel like you're jiving me uh, just ever so slightly, Jamal, because you said it's not how big the guy is; it's how big his heart is. If that were the case, I would be in the NFL. <laughs> but then again, my mother wouldn't let me play football, so I, so I, you know, who knows what I would have done. Yeah. Had I been able to make it there, um, so let's talk about. Then it was a it was a really a, a bizarre season. And I want to get back to this top one hundred, but I, I want to ask though. Um, it's funny that so many guys showed up on it, yourself included, of course, in the top one hundred, and then in the Pro Bowl and everything for a two and fourteen team. It was really uh, I, I can't imagine we've ever seen anything like that in NFL history. So obviously, there's talent, there's pieces, and on both sides of the ball. Andy Romeo Cornell goes out. In comes Andy Reid. What's it like now? What what's the what's the difference in vibe around the around the Chiefs? I mean, uh, Cornell he was a great coach. You know, what I'm saying he uh, he respected his players and he uh, he let us lead. But you know, what I'm saying at the same thing, I'm, I'm sorry that had to happen to so him leaving. But Andy Reid he come in with being a head coach for years in the league and with experience went to the Super Bowl. Uh, and then, but you know what I'm saying, Ron Cornell, he won six Super Bowls as well, being a coach. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He never reached that Super Bowl being a head coach. But uh, Andy Reid, he's an offensive minded, a master of the offense of this uh, NFL. And he, 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 he puts so much in his offense that he can help us win a lot. You know what I'm saying? All he's talking about is putting points on the board. Like last year, our offensive coordinator wasn't really talking about putting points on the board. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, now this year, uh, Andy come in and he just give he just boosts his offense so up he hype you up so much you just be sitting in the meeting room he gonna be like you ain't ready you ain't ready to play and everybody <laughs> like what you mean Cole? what you mean we ready <laughs> so man just he just bring that energy to the to the team and especially in the meets and he go he he craft his own offense he he made it the way it it, it worked for him years and years uh, like I think it's the system I really don't think it's the players. I think if you if you a good player, it's gonna stand out. But I think it's his system. Like he made Brian Westbrook, he made Sean McCall, he made Deshaun Jackson, he made McElroy and Michael Vick, man, and Donovan McNair. I think his system is his system is is awesome. What Talk, a, oh, go to, ahead. Talking about his system, though, one of the first things he did was bring in Chris Alt, who was uh, Colin Kaepernick's coach at Nevada. Does that mean that some of the pistol is coming to Kansas City? Oh yeah, I mean he went and got got him and. Um, now we 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 gonna improvise on the, doing the pencils as well, trying to trying to run the same offense that San Francisco run because Alex Smith mm-hmm. used to run right. run up there, so he used to run the same offense. So, I mean, come in and I mean that pistol is just different. Like we add so much uh, to our, to our offense we never had in the past. Like, I mean, we put in a, like we put like at least about 
20 plays every day. It's not the same play. It's a different play. Right. So I'm thinking like, dang, I got to get in this playbook every day. <laughs> and it's t- different technique, worries wrong. Like, oh, man, it's, it's, this offense is it's, – it's crazy. The offense, you got to you gotta really study this offense. But it, when it, when it works – it could be successful. Is it sort of like? Is it comparable to being in the backfield with Vince Young at Texas? Kind of vibe. Is that is is that a legitimate sort of comparison? That oh, yeah. whereas you're challenging college defenders with the option and forcing a defender to choose on the edge, is that basically what it breaks down to oh, being yeah. here? That's what it breaks down with because uh, Alex Smith he 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 fast too. He can run as well. So you know, what I'm saying most people know Alex can run. Mm-hmm. They don't want to let him out because I saw him in practice one day take off. I'm like, whoa. That would remind me of V.Y. Vince Young. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's the game that mean, we didn't have last year with Castle. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't fast like Alice Smith. You know what I'm saying? So, we, we can do the option with Alice Smith. We couldn't do that with Castle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Alice Smith could pick up 20 yards, you know what I'm saying, before somebody come and, 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 and try to tackle him. So, I mean, I think it's going to just watch out. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> Well, yeah, like like we say, there are a ton of pieces on both sides of the ball. Let's assume that the defense, I mean, you've got superstar playmakers on defense, and that's kind of what it's about, it seems to me. It's not about necessarily keeping the other team to 10 points a game. It's almost impossible to do that. What you need now are playmakers that are taking the ball away. Eric Berry and all the, the sack masters and everything else you got there, that side of the ball should be taken care of. i got to think Andy Reid's going to make this offense score a lot of points. Because oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I like Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. I like more. I like John Baldwin, and I think he's a a, a potential star yeah. if he gets it together. Yeah, yeah. And then Dwayne Bow, how yeah. say you? Yeah, I, I say the same thing. I think John you know, Bowman. I think he will come along. Like he, he had a great. He's six five, mm-hmm. big body and strong, so he can jump as well. So just put the ball in the air, and Dwayne Bow, he, he's he's great after catching the ball, and and he can get he can get up the end zone, and he got great hands. Uh, you the, win a foot race, though, right? I mean, no, no, Alex Smith or any of those oh, receivers man. aren't going to beat you in a race, oh, right? Uh, I don't even know why, why you asked me that question. <laughs> I feel as a journalist it's my obligation. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> it's not even a question. Please, tell him again. <laughs> oh, please. It's, not even it's a just a, fig, it's a figure of speech. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so you win that foot race. But, yeah, so Baldwin's on the rise. Bo, the offense looks good. and But what about the team? To me, I think the Bengals are, are really the most complete team in the AFC. But everybody seems like they're picking the Broncos this year. What's the buzz around KC with you guys? I mean, I know, obviously, in summertime, everybody thinks, oh, we're, we're gonna, we can go to the Super Bowl. But legitimately, what, uh, you know, what, what stands out to you about getting over the hump when you play those Broncos? Oh, man, you got to stop Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think they got worse work now. It's a slot wide receiver. But I think uh, our defense got much better. We went out there and got Dante Robinson. We got Sean uh, Smith from the uh, Dolphins, man. All, I mean, put them guys, they they shutting down. Our, our, our Robert C was in practice. So, I mean, hmm. you you know, uh, we, we know what we had to do to go out there and get the best cornerbacks uh, because we know we got to play them. We know we got to play uh, Wes Worker and uh, Darius Thomas and uh, uh, what's it? Decker. Decker, you know what I'm saying? So, you got to once we got that secured. All that we worrying about is the uh, 
the D line and all, all they gotta do is get to the quarterback and Justin and Tom, they can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way our uh, defense set up now with the new uh, defensive coordinator, it's just crazy the way he coming from side to side hmm. and bringing them up the middle. It's, it's going to be exciting playing them guys. All right, let's talk this top 100 here. Like I say, I feel you should have been at <laughs> least close to the top 10, if not in it. I would uh, honestly say about 12-ish for you. Adrian Peterson, I guess that's hard to argue with it, uh, given the, the year he had. He had arguably, like I say, maybe you could make a case the greatest season for a running back in NFL history in a in a, a pass-first era, so that's good. And Peyton, coming off that injury. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, but, that, I, but I feel like I'm not saying it to, like no. I said, to, Jamal Charles came back from a knee injury, right. too, and people don't say <laughs> boo about it on a lousy team. That's yeah. hard to do but, on a crummy team. But I accept team. that with number one with a running back, but Peyton Manning coming back from an injury – is that why he's number two? I guess so, but of course Aaron Rodgers is better than Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> nah, not really because I give Peyton Manning. He set out a whole year as well and almost made it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So what you say about that? I say that it, it, he did what he does every year when it's January. He threw the game away, threw a chance at a Super Bowl away. That's what I say to you, Jamal Man, Charles. Not really. Uh, his defense threw it away. A little Flacco, bit. His Flacco, well, it went to overtime, and he's the one who threw the interception. But, I mean, the ball got behind the, the, the free safety. So what are you is, defending? The, the, this I is your arch rival. What are you <laughs> defending? I'm the just, He's I'm just, I'm just trying to fix the situation <laughs> that you understand. Um, what about uh, – so, so, so you go then Calvin Johnson 3 to me. That's another guy who maybe had the best season in the history of his position. Then Tom Brady. Then J.J. Watt. And then finally. Aaron Rodgers. What what gives? Why don't the, the peers appreciate Aaron Rodgers a little bit more? Man, I don't know. Uh, he had an outstanding season too. He led his team to the playoff, but all these guys in front of him went to uh, to the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some of these, some of them great players, but Aaron Rodgers, he's standing out as well. But I think he should at least replace Tom Brady. What about a guy you legitimately line up against, Von Miller? Should he be higher than nine? Oh, yeah, Von should at least be. Uh, be be number seven or six on here, and I feel like Alvin Smith should be uh, six or at least about four. Oh, really? Higher really? up? Yeah. Oh, really? So Alden Smith better than Von Miller I mean, and should be higher on the list in general. I mean, that's my list. Yeah. I put Edger Peterson first, uh, Peyton Manning second. Also, hit I, that buzzer again, because that's wrong, Black Tie. No, that's I don't not. Like that don't hit that buzzer. <laughs> Mike. Oh, Black Tie. Have some dignity. I agree. I, Jamal Charles is going to walk out the door, and you're never going to see him again, but you're going to have to deal with me again. <laughs> Show me some love. Give me some love. <laughs> well, what about this, Jamal Charles? Let's talk, you, you mentioned VY, and I want to ask about him, because he is, to me, an enigma. Why don't teams... When so many teams are desperate to find a good quarterback, especially one with the spread option or pistol or whatever you want to call it, with the, with the, with this now coming on in the league, why wouldn't a team go out and get Vince Young to, to, to take a shot on this guy? I have no idea. I, I feel like V.Y. still had the patch for the game, the love for the game, been around this all season. He's, he's been a winner in the NFL? He's been a winner, and he always been a winner through his whole career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he can bring leadership. He's a great player. You know what I'm saying? Just put, just all you gotta do is just put play players that around him. He can make players. I mean, put players the plays that he can make. He can go out there and do just in the right system. He can go out there and be the best player he can be. Did you say to Andy Reid, "Hey, take a look at my old college chum"? <laughs> Man, uh, Vy told me that, but at the end of the day, I'm not a GM or the head coach. I can't make the decision. 
Uh-huh. I only can go out there and ask coach, man, hey, what you look at, my, at my friend? Well, I'm looking at where you could have, but yeah, no, but no. Listen, the the here's what we're gonna do. Jamal Charles and I are going to leave here in a little while, and we're gonna jump into the sports car, and we're gonna take a spin around the streets of Los Angeles, okay. and I'm gonna get to know the real Jamal Charles, and I'm gonna show him my L.A. How about okay. that? It's gonna be a good time. That's this is just this is just the tip of the iceberg for a grand day together, Jamal Charles. Right. I think right. we're gonna get. A, oh, it's gonna be great. Last thing in here though, best college football uniform. Uh, I had to say, University of Texas. Ah, uh, you know what? All white. It's one or one eight. Oh, you like the all white? I like that burnt orange jersey too. No, but I like the white. all white on the road. It's pretty nifty. All white is is, is crazy. The uh, only Oregon, but Oregon, Oregon I can have fit Oregon. Uh, been having the, 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 which one? We were almost. <laughs> we almost had. We almost came to an agreement, and then you had to throw Oregon. Oh, Alabama with the numbers on the side of the hat. That's pretty good. Mm-mm. No, no, yes, it is. I don't know about this. I don't know where I might leave you off on the streets of L.A. If, if this is the behavior that I'm going to receive. Oh, I'm going to put you off. You ain't going to put me off. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. See, that's what they like. In the, in uh, TV and movies, they like drama and conflict. Right. So I guess we'll have that uh, well, ready to go. You've got that wrapped up. All right, Jamal Charles, what a pleasure to see you. Go off into the NFL night, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you in the car in just a few minutes. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Can't right. wait. There he is. Jamal Charles, a delightful fella. Well, even fun. though, I guess, here's the thing. He talks about himself as a fashionable fella, mm-hmm. and he is fashionable with what the clothes, he, with the clothes he puts on his own back. But then he comes out with, a, with that opinion right out of the gate. <laughs> Seattle? Come on. Oregon? I mean, Oregon, I can kind of see if you're a college kid, the, the idea of wearing a different uniform every week, but Seattle. But I what mean, if you really like one of those and then you never see it again? That would be a bummer, too. Like, I, I like the one we wore in week two, but week six, I, I don't even know where that is anymore. All right, so let's quickly say what this top ten list is. Hope you've got our top, uh, the, the last ten names on this top 100 list for 2013, again, as voted on by the players. Adrian Peterson wins the top spot. No surprise to me. I've been saying for some time. I think players appreciate nothing more than a guy who's able to come back from that. I get it. Peyton Manning, too, so be it. Calvin Johnson should be no lower than three. I think you could make a strong case that he belongs at two or even one. Based on, you know, listen, as Adam Rank said, the... You know, Calvin Johnson maybe did have the single greatest yep. season at his position, no and doubt. the difference between himself and the second best I is maybe it. the greatest. I'm, I'm all in on that. Aaron Rodgers is way too low. He's too low. JJ and- Watt is a had a great season as a defender and made mm-hmm. some real impact plays. But Von Miller, but- out of him, Alden Smith, and JJ Watt, I, I feel like I t- is the guy who's right. the most uh, surefire Hall of Famer. Yes. Two years in, I mean, yes. how can we gauge? But and for more top 100 reactions, stick around because the ATL Debate Club is coming up. Why right are you now. tuning the show what, out? What? Wait, what just happened? Oh, he has to go. Oh, he has I, to go. I oh, can car- I'll carry on by myself. Guess what? Jamal Charles is going off. He's going to do whatever. Guess what I'm doing? I'm jumping in for another episode of the sports car right now with guess who? My dear friend from the Top 100 show, Warren Sapp. Adrian Peterson. Future Hall of Famer. No, future oh. Hall of soon to be. I mean, he is a Hall of Famer. He just right. hasn't gotten the gold jacket yet. Sort Warren of like, yeah. Sapp and you. Yes, we're going to hit the streets right now. Is that what we're doing, Black Tie? I got to go. All right, all right. So I got to go. I got to go. Black Tie's making me ma- making me dance, so it's time to, right. to boogie. Here comes everybody. Get ready, Flames. It's your heroes from around the league, the Debate Club. Take it away, boys. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. 
Light a flame, boys. Pick skins hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Thanks, Dave. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in the studio by Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. Hey, fellas. Good to be back with you. Feels like the whole gang, we're here. I'm here for good. You're here. You're back. And then Dan's going on one of his 15 vacations next week. I'm going ghost protocol next week. I will not be on the show next week, so don't try to track me down. Well, we do have, sadly, we have Wes... Uh, parked at a computer alone monitoring news right now. Well, that's, there's a reason, though. I mean, this is there's some big stuff going on right now. This is probably, this Aaron Hernandez situation, to me, is, you know, it's one of the biggest NFL stories in a long time. I mean, just in terms of not only just from an NFL standpoint, this is the story that your mom knows about, that your aunt knows about. This is this is big stuff which is going on, and it's kind of hard to believe that it's blown up to and gotten this big. Well, it's... It's the type of story, and you could just tell by the way the Patriots reacted to it when they released Aaron Hernandez. Mark was the one in in our offices here in Culver City, California, at 5 in the morning, 5.50, when the news first came down. So he was working on that first news story. And for the Patriots to quickly release him was interesting and surprising. But what took me, after reading 10 years of statements from teams, was the statement that the Patriots had. Instead of saying anything about Hernandez, it was a statement of support to the victims. It was a statement of support and hope for the police, and it wasn't about Aaron Hernandez. And that, to me, I mean, it wasn't really a football type of statement, and this really isn't a football type of story. It, it's gone beyond football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Uh, at the end of the day, and we had waves of new information as we followed the piece from kind of its Early, it's early moments where the the police showed up and took Hernandez away through the arraignment and everything else. And I, I got home and I have two small children at home. We have a babysitter. We hire someone to watch my kids. Yes, because uh, that's a smart thing to do. But I talked to her and she and I said, you know, oh, well, it was a busy day today. Um, there was actually, you know, an issue with the player. He got arrested. And she, oh, she's like, I know all about it. And she does not follow football one lick. But but it had it had got on her radar early. And it's like you go log on to CNN and it was like their number one story. Yeah. So it wasn't a football story as much as it's like very much uh, it became part of our society yesterday. I would almost say that, you know, given how good a player Hernandez is and, you know, who he plays for and the fact that he's prime in the middle of his career, this is almost a unique story. I mean, it's unprecedented in the league that we're dealing with someone like this being involved with something like this in the middle of his career. Um, so it's been amazing to watch it unfold. Well, the details that, that keep coming out in the prosecutor's case that they have you know, unveiled throughout these hearings, and then we had the bail hearing on Thursday. I mean, they're just it, it's hard to believe, sort of, and you're just, I'm just thinking of the swiftness of, of how this all happened, where we were. However we thought about Aaron Hernandez a couple weeks ago, he was taken from his house, surprised, in handcuffs, uh, Wednesday morning. Hours later, the Patriots release him. Hours after that, he's charged with murder and five other counts. And then they go through a laundry list of reasons why he's charged with murder. Um, we're not going to analyze it legally, obviously. We're not in position to do that. But the judge in his bail hearing case you know, today, which is Thursday, said that the prosecution has a very, very strong case, and that's part of the reason why they were denying bail and that Aaron Hernandez will, will stay in jail. And it's just 
it, you're just we we roll with this because it's our job. I've been writing the news stories, and I, I feel like you know I'm putting on this little news crime reporter hat for a couple of days. Not usually what we do. We roll with it because it's our job. But if you just take a step back, it's it's sort of unbelievable that all this has happened. I, from one angle, you know, looking at what we are dealing with and what we could have been dealing with, I think New England's decision to very swiftly part ways with Hernandez again not a, less of a football move but it 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 cleans this uh entire narrative up a bit because we don't have to wonder are they going to entertain you know his career down the road they made a i thought it was a very decisive uh operation on their part and it, it it's hard not to respect them deeply for the way they handled the situation i thought ian reported they made it last week which i thought was one of the most interesting things uh to come out yesterday that essentially the top people at the organization we know who that is uh, decided last week, you know, they're going to release him when the when the time comes. I think they probably expected the arrest, and you know, when it came, that was it. I was struck in general by Wednesday the drama, the high level of drama, even for a case of of this type. I mean, he didn't. They did not have him turn himself in. You know, they went to his house, and of course, cameras were there to catch it all. He opens the door without a shirt on, and is clearly surprised. And then the Patriots, there's no, there's no delay. They, they release him. And then you have that as a major dramatic uh, aspect of it from the NFL standpoint. And then you get into the arraignment procedure and the prosecutor, you think it's going to be something that's laid out, you know, in a, 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 in, in a matter of how the court does things, maybe slowly, you know, and you'll find out things as it goes along. Instead, you get a lot of the case laid out at this arraignment uh, and everyone's listening and Twitter's blowing up. It was just the whole day. It was, it was kind of surreal and we got so much, um, so much information in one day. It was just, it was one of the craziest days of the off season I can remember since I started working here. I don't think, and we haven't really sifted through all that information. So much came out on Wednesday and Thursday. And you're right; it's a moment I think we'll all remember where you were covering. It's just one of those moments, and you're kind of while you're in the middle of it, you're even aware of that. And I mean, part of the reason because of that was because of a Massachusetts state law. It was courtroom allows cameras period so that added a unique element that we were watching it unfold on nfl network uh, as it was happening andrew siciliano was doing a great job you know kind of manning the ship there and you know we didn't know what was going to happen when they stepped into that courtroom we didn't know what the charges were going to be we didn't know it was going to be a murder charge so you know we talk about this this is reality television and it's not a fun thing to cover or fun to watch but this i mean i think that's why it was so captivating for lack of a better word i mean and so look at the patriots cuz you know we talk about they made this swift move but the fallout in terms of what they do from a roster perspective and, and how they handle this on a team that frankly the the st- the story even before hernandez was they're short on pass catchers or at least proven ones What's the uh, what's the next move for the Patriots? I think it just puts so much onto Tom Brady's back. Uh, Brian, Brian Billick made the point on NFL Network that if he does something this season, it'll be one of the you know greatest feats he's done. It reminds me a lot of 2005, 2006, when Rache Caldwell, Jabbar Gaffney were their pass catchers. They can find ways to win games without having an explosive passing attack necessarily, and I think that's how it's going to have to be. They're going to have to rely on the running game, the defense. And I think a difference, though, between what's happening now and what was going on in the middle of the 2000s is that, you know, the Patriots had carefully cultivated the roster and they, they built it that way and they, they knew what how to get the most out of what they had. Here they're dealing with these unknown, you know, quantities that we, we didn't know that 
Gronk was going to have all these surgeries. We didn't know that Hernandez was all of a sudden going to drop off the radar for the team. I don't know that you ever carefully cultivate Rache Caldwell as your number one receiver. <laughs> that, was, that was a problem. But, yeah, and but my point being is that now we're we're almost into July, and they there's no way even a, a team that is has their front office and has a legend of the coach they're going to be scrambling a little bit to try to figure this out. And I think what Billick said was that you know Brady should be going straight into Canton after the season if they lead the league in offense again. But you know, I personally, I think it's a little premature. A lot of people are saying this is the end for the Patriots, and I think it could be the end. Uh, you know, for this season anyway, of them maybe being a Super Bowl contender. But people who think they're going to be you know a six and ten team suddenly are, are really underestimating uh, Tom Brady, who's still at the peak of his powers, in my opinion, and then also Bill Belichick together. And there's some you know, talent on that team. They could run the ball still. Um, you know, I still think this is a 9-11 to 11 win team. Well, and I think it's, let's remember, this is not a team that has only one with two tight end sets dating back 10 years. The Gronkowski-Hernandez thing is three seasons. It's, you know, it's, it's only relatively new. And Belichick, even on a week-to-week basis, doesn't throw out the same looks, the same strategy. Even last season, when Hernandez was out, what were they five and one when he was when he was out with his injury? And Gronkowski missed a lot of time as well. This is a team that's built to adjust. So I would never, until proven otherwise, I assume, and I know I'm a homer, but I would assume they're absolutely a Super Bowl contender, and they just have to spend these next months figuring out, okay, how do we attack teams? You know, we have this running game that's pretty deep. Uh, we have Julian Edelman who I think might be their number two receiver behind Danny Amendola. Who else can we find to step up? Can these guys stay healthy? And it all goes back to McDaniels and Tom Brady. And they, I, get, they, get, they also get that underdog vibe to them now, which they haven't had in many years. A lot of people are going to be counting them out. And that I think that always works positively for a team. And the Patriots haven't been able to stand on that ground, I guess maybe since uh, Brady blew out his knee. And, you know, they, they performed well that year, too. Yeah, and I wouldn't put put it past Belichick and that front office to uh, swing a trade because you don't have a lot of time with Brady left. We, you know, you never know how long Belichick's going to stick around. I still think it will be for quite a while. But they, uh, you know, he loves his veteran players, and I could see them going out and getting someone that we are all two weeks from now saying, "Wait a minute." We've counted this team out far too soon. And they're a different team in terms of acquiring players since Scott Pioli left. Bill Belichick. You know, he's running the show, and he probably was before, but it's a little different now. They're not afraid to roll the dice. I agree with that. And they traditionally, again, sounding like a homer, do better (laughs) when they're a little underestimated. I think that was a great point. 2011, the year after the Ravens really waxed them in the playoffs, was probably the lowest expectations they had because they had a very young team. We didn't know about Gronkowski and Hernandez yet, and they ended up having a great season. In, in general, they've tended to have good years. I remember after Spygate, people thought that would be a problem, uh, and that worked out fine you know, until the very end. So they have a better defense, I think, now than any point since 2007. So I think there are pieces in place, and you have a great quarterback that, of course— uh, you would expect them to be contenders. And also, look at the AFC East. Are we? I know Greg right now is wearing a Ryan Tannehill jersey underneath his uh, work <laughs> shirt, but you know they have a lot of new pieces. You never know how that's going to work out. The Jets and Bills are obviously in you know various states of a rebuild. Um, I don't see a team that's that's ready to take advantage of the Patriots coming back to the pack. So I think that has to be factored in what as well when you talk about how do the Patriots get back to the playoffs. 
Do you think someone challenges them in the AFCs? Well, it's funny you mentioned Tannehill because I, I have to look at the quarterback situations on each of these teams. And the only – if you don't have a steady quarterback situation in the NFL in general, it's really hard in June to predict success for, for instance, the Bills with Kevin Cobb and EJ Manuel. It's like I like what's going on with Manuel potentially, but it's a complete unknown. And you go – the New York Jets are an absolute train wreck under center. <laughs> and then it's like – well, sorry, but it, it's like there, there's a lot of unproven stuff going on there. Got the Maybe, best answer, though. Well, Miami's, Miami has had this colossal offseason, which I, something about it scares me. But if everything goes right, in theory, Miami could have that kind of 9-7, and 10-6 and six season while the Patriots have a down year. Maybe that's how they sneak in. I, but, uh, but again, I'm with Greg. I'm not going to predict doom for New England's operation until, until I see it. That was I, my prediction as well. Why did you only give Greg? credit for that prediction. <laughs> Dan also chimed in with that. I made the point initially. It's definitely right. a, a well. lot of kissing up to the boss, I feel like, coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my weight around. I, I think with the Patriots and the AFCs, one underrated factor in, in their run is this has been one of the worst divisions in football on balance for a while. There's yeah. been good runs. The, the Jets were a very good team for a few years. Um, but I still think it's one of the worst. Uh, it, you go up and down the list, and I don't think that I can't really think other than the AFC West of, of a division that's definitely worse than this division. Do you do you see the Jets and Bills just completely looking at five and eleven type seasons? Do I think that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I, I think the Jets and Bills are both five to six win teams, and it could be worse. Dan and I had a conversation about the Jets the other day, and he was saying, "Is it crazy to say the Jets' ceiling is nine and seven or, or something like that?" And I said, "Yes." Would it would it really have we seen more surprising teams go ten and six on a regular basis than just I think we have it it happens every year I think they do have one thing going for them which is the potential for a very good defense and if you have one thing and they have a very good defensive coach then that gives you a chance to stay in every game and, and just get a few bounces your way and, and go ten and six I, I really don't think there's a big difference between ten and six and six and ten and the, yeah the Jets were a nine win team last year if they got even uh, mediocre quarterback play they just happened to get dreadful quarterback play and a they, bit, that's a big ass games yeah so that's why I'm not getting excited about it but uh, yeah the, it's a wide open division now and It'll be interesting to it's see like how it the, plays the out. The Jets would be fine if they didn't have the worst quarterback position in the NFL. Other than that. That's one way to put it. They you wouldn't know, stand out the way they do if they didn't have such an issue with Sanchez. And I've said it before. Three years ago, Jets fans were pinching themselves thinking we finally found the franchise quarterback. And this is where we are now. Watching Vines. and what, Watching you know, Vines. You guys are a sad no bunch. No pants. Just a horrible situation. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about today? I mean, it's pretty heavy. Uh, NFL week, uh, but the top 100 list, that's wrapping up. Do you want to talk about that? Are we bit? obligated to talk about that? I think we should. We're under contract yeah. for it. You know, we're taping this on the day it is coming out. It is fresh news, and we've been writing posts about it all the time, so why not talk about let's, it? Let's. If uh, our listeners, you know, have not seen the, the final two episodes, which unveiled the top 10 list, uh, Number one on the list is Adrian Peterson. Not going to get a lot of arguments there, I don't think, from many people. No. After that, it's Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, Tom Brady. J.J. Watt is number five. Aaron Rodgers, number six. Alden Smith, Arian Foster, Von Miller, and number 10 is Patrick Willis. I'll throw it out to the room. Well, I think the one that obviously stands out is Aaron Rodgers falling down to number six. A lot of people would argue that he 
could be number one. And no way, like with Adrian Peterson, you wouldn't have a lot of people shrugging their shoulders at that. He's totally worthy. But then you've got a 36-year-old Peyton Manning dialed at number two. What is, is it just a popularity contest, this, this entire Absolutely. operation? And this is – you make a point that Peyton Manning – I think you were getting at a point that he's number two because it's a popularity contest. He's number two because he had an MVP season. And I, I was ha- – on balance, I thought the list was somewhat of a mess – <laughs> um, you know, and I'll, in the in the post that we we have up on the Around the League blog, and, you know, I have to talk about how Jimmy Graham's not on the list. You know, you have to, and you know, I also um, Rondé Barber is number fifty. Rondé Barber's involved, right. and you know, there's some Ed che- Reed is number eighteen. Eight, yes. There's a lot of problems. Some yeah. checks and balances need need to be put into place to get this thing right going forward. But Manning, <laughs> I was at least I was proud of the players for putting Manning where he deserved at number two. Wow. Uh, when you you know we see all this ridiculous stuff about Manning being an overrated player and you know he throws one bad pick in overtime and 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 a lot of lazy people try to use that as a reason to wipe away everything he achieved last year. Just season. to note that's not that's not where I was coming from with that. Am I a la- Mark, am I a lazy individual? Mark's a lazy <laughs> am I a la- No. I, I didn't think that's what you were doing, yeah. but I've seen a lot of that out there. A little lazy post concussion I would say for Mark. <laughs> a it's not a person. Manning thing. I just think that I I I think there'll be a reaction to Aaron Rodgers at number 6 because I think going in Outside of Adrian Peterson, he would have been most people's guess for one or two. We asked our readers uh, how they would rank Manning, Brady, and Rodgers, and most did have the order as Rodgers, Manning, Brady. But it wasn't it wasn't uniform. You had some Brady supporters, some Manning. It's kind of about what's this list measuring. If it's based on last season, you can make that argument. If you're basing it on what quarterback am I taking for 2013, what player is the most talented in the league, how are you not taking Aaron Rodgers over Peyton Manning? It's not a it's not a career that we're evaluating. You're taking a guy this year. I think 32 GMs take Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. And think I think that's the thing. It's more of a career retrospective. In many cases, Ed Reed at number 18 is a shining example. There's, the guy could be 80 spots lower, and I'd be all right with that. There are weird factors. There's a lot of Super Bowl inflation. The Ravens, I mean, the 40, Alden Smith and Patrick Willis, both in the top 10, I think you could argue about. So there, that, that happens with well, the Super one, Bowl Well, one, Jacoby teams. Jones, two spots higher than Percy Harvin. And, by the way, <laughs> Percy Harvin down at, like, number 90. And it's like he, he, you know, he fell off because of an injury last season, but it's almost like the players are no different than the average guy watching football. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And it's a popularity contest. Percy Harvin should be up there in what? I could be fine with him being number 25. He was an MVP-type candidate last season. He's also like an inoperable high-level cancer. And I, you know... (laughs) I kind of find that wow. as a reason to keep him lower on the list, and he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, people are in love with Percy Harvin. He has a skill set that's almost unmatched in the league. But I want to see him do it for 16 games. I want to see him not throw people under the bus and not scream at people on the sidelines. You know, just be a, a good human So you're uh, one of the people that supported Jacoby Jones. Uh, he he liked where Bernard Pollard was right there in the 80s. I mean, got <laughs> to give Pollard his due. I the feel, entire Ravens roster is on this list, I think. Dennis, so. Dennis Pitta <laughs> somehow made it, not, not Jimmy Grimm. I feel like you backed into this conversation a little apologetically, Dan. Like, we, But this is good stuff, the top 100 list. I mean, uh, I think next year what we need to do is find out how this list is done because I think they just take it at the Super Bowl or something from the, the teams that are there and maybe come up with our own alternative alternative list because we're doing a lot mm. of criticizing and you know see if we can do better. I feel like I think we could because we don't have enough lists. No, on around the eight, league, around the league, short on <laughs> rankings. 
too much just analysis news, straight lay stuff. Um, so guys, I'm going. I'm going away next week. I'm going to the Jersey Shore. Finally, like I said, Ghost Protocol. I will not be reached, but I will be listening next week to see how you guys fare. I'm not incredibly hopeful, but I'm you know I'm pulling for you guys. Doesn't the Jersey Shore sound like a vacation that like Don Draper would have taken in the early fifties? He always goes to California, you know that. And next week is July fourth, of course. A lot of people taking off. Most of the video department, the producers, they're all gone. The, the building's gone. ATL is is working. One person got to take it off because he actually submitted his vacation request. I I think last. November or something like that. Dan <laughs> is the champion at putting in the vacation request first. It was like July 2nd to 8th, and that was it. It's over. Now no one else, you know, no, Mark and his kids can't enjoy July 4th together. No, naturally. Get that in. You as play long the game as, right. now, you know, cannot keep this guy in the building. No, as long as Dan is satisfied on typical human holidays. I feel good. great about this. I feel comfortable with how things shook out this year. But I've already been, I was told at the time of the request that I would not have this time of year off next year, and I can live with that. <laughs> yeah, that was my response, because I was a little <laughs> salty at the time, and I was like, alright, you get it off, but you don't get it off next year. Well, if year. we're doing a fair rotation, <laughs> right, not that's for I mean. another half a decade, do you have July <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be like the Olympics. You know, <laughs> Mom and Dad, I'll see you on Independence Day in 2017. I'm getting bored of talking with um, with both of you. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.